welcome back to the Russell Fugit podcast, Leadership, Legacy, and Love, and it's been over four months. Man, 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 man. It's been a shift happening, and uh, there's been a few points where I wanted to pause and share it and, and let everybody know and document it for my daughters what was going on but it was just happening fast and furious and man i think since we last podcast my my youngest daughter natalie had her second birthday and we took a trip to pittsburgh then we had mother's day then we had my birthday then we went to ocean city then we went to then it was july 4th and then my daughter's birthday we went to williamsburg virginia before that we went to my family reunion in long island new york And man, there's just been so many things going fast and furious. But I will not bury the lead as a term in journalism. And my father was a journalist at one point in his career. And uh, you don't want to bury the lead. So uh, the day after Labor Day, I'll be getting um, a new season where I will be working at uh, Cook Ross as a project manager. Cook Ross is... uh, diversity and inclusion training and consulting firm, change management firm. They work with some of the top companies in America, uh, Fortune 100 and other organizations, nonprofits, universities, primarily delivering bias uh, training, diversity training, and also doing consulting and have a growing line of business as well. That includes uh, web-based technology for training, I believe, as well. So I'll be doing that as a project manager. So I'm excited for that. It didn't initially feel very exciting and I'm going to get into that in a second. It felt initially kind of felt like I had failed um, in some sense, but I'm going to come full circle as I share the journey I've been on in these recent uh, months and years, as a matter of fact. Um, So anyway, that's the lead. And then I know your question might be, well, isn't Russell an entrepreneur and a business person? Yeah. First of all, I'm always going to be an entrepreneur. Um, that's just who I am. It's hardwired. It's in my DNA. I've told the story, I think, in this space before. I won't repeat myself I'm about you know what I was doing in second grade, disrupting class, selling toys in the back and everything, supply and demand. But I will um, share that Good Word Digital will go forward, and we're in the midst of a reboot. And in the next episode, which I promise will come uh, sometime in mid-September, probably in about two weeks exactly, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what God has done there to reboot Good Word Digital and to make that grow into a thriving business. See, a thing a lot of people don't understand, I think most, if not anybody, really ever truly understood, and this is going to blow you away. It's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to explain it. I uh, never became an entrepreneur or founded Good Word Digital, which is six and a half years old now, still in business, still making some money, actually had a real good last 90 days. That's how God works, right? The last 90 days have been like probably one of the best set, you know, periods in my company in terms of the clients, the revenue. Um, it's been some challenges, but it's been interesting to see that just when the, the this, this opportunity to step back in, so to speak, into a employment situation comes is when business picks up. <laughs> but I, the reason that happened is because I had not focused on the business really in months. And when I focused on it, I need to make some money. 
things started happening, right? So anyway, back to what I was going to say is I did not become a business person to start and grow a business. I'm going to let that sit for a minute. I did not become an entrepreneur and become a businessman to start and grow a business. I became a business person, entrepreneur. I wanted to do deals. And I'm going to get into that and explain that. They really want to grow a business. Didn't want to do the work of putting together processes and systems and scaling from one client to five to ten. Not really, right? Not, not really. Um, so I'll, I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but man, the last four months. So I, I did not want to bury the lead. And this just want to share. It's been, I think it'll be almost nine years. Just It'll be two weeks short of nine years since I left my last day job. So that's interesting. So talk about a wilderness season. So yeah, I want to go back nine years. I'm actually going to go back um, 20 years. And I had a wonderful uh, heard a wonderful sermon as I do every Sunday at I-5 City Church in, in Glen Burnie in the Baltimore campus opening in Brooklyn Park in a few weeks. I'm very excited about that as well. Um, my pastor, Jimmy Rollins, talked about being in a wilderness season and looking for, for God's blessing and confusing the meal or manna, right, to use the, the Exodus uh, parable and story from the book of Exodus of, of the Jews leaving Egypt, um, confusing the, the, the meal for the promised land. And there have been many times where I've conf confused the meal or the manna for like, okay, here's some manna, here's a meal, the breakthrough and the success is coming. The promised land that I had in mind that I believe God intended for me is, is just on the horizon and, and just, that never was meant to be. At least it has not been the case as of yet. And I had to really um, digest that and kind of step back and, and, and pray um, on that and really look at my family situation and the business and personal debts and the financial strain that, that had come to be a bore um, on my business and on my family and on my wife and really led to some really unhealthy uh, situations in my marriage. By the grace of God, things have improved greatly uh, over the last you know, nine months. I know I shared my father-in-law passed a year ago and it's been, a it's been a challenging year. It's been a lot of beautiful things and wonderful things. But through the challenge, there's been growth. And I just I thank my wife. I thank God for that. And my wife's love and patience uh, for me in, in enduring my growth season. And I, I, I think she'll say the same that I've endured some of her growth season. I think that's what a healthy marriage is about, is about enduring uh, together when two become one. To learn how to have a spirit of love that overcomes the challenges and the ups and downs of life with kids and bills and family and, and by the grace of God, we're, we're in a great position as I speak to you today. And, and it's really amazing in many ways how God has provided, not just financially, but also um, spiritually. And we have sought and we have found and we continue to seek. And that's the journey, right, that we're on. And that's a beautiful thing. But I'm going to go back 20 years ago. And this ties into my new position at Cook Ross. And if you saw my blog post, there's a picture up there. And if you came to this podcast without going to the blog, check out my uh, my Facebook page at Russell Fugit. If you're a friend or follower there, um, Twitter and Instagram as well, it'll, you'll see it. And 20 years ago, in April of 99, I was about 30 pounds lighter, had some hair, and I helped uh, lead a protest and um, around issues of diversity around funding, around staffing, around cultural spaces. And so in many ways, I'm coming back 
to that work. And it's really interesting how I've come full circle. But when I look at the last 20 years and what my focus has primarily been on, there have been seasons where my focus was elsewhere. But even then, those seasons were uh, uh, a means to an end I ultimately kind of had in my mind and always was, was mulling, mulling over and really trying to understand um, where I fit in as a business person and entrepreneur. So I really have to go back even before that to uh, to high school and and being there at, at prep and you know leaving there having lost the opportunity to be president of the year by five votes and believing in something greater than what was there and this is you know in the mind of a 16 year old right believing there was opportunity to do better things and at, at the school as a student leader and thinking you can change things and, and disrupt systems that need to be disrupted <laughs> at the time and uh but also wanting to validate myself right so i went to college with the very same need right it's a very inner, inner need very personal need right to to validate myself and i achieved that right and I think about a week after that protest, I was elected student government president. So I led this protest and I went on and kept campaigning. I'd been campaigning and I forget which happened first. I think it was a week after, a week before that protest, I became president. And at that point, I felt like I had gotten, a, I, in two years, I had come to college to achieve what I wanted, which is kind of to get to the top and get that validation. But it didn't give me that satisfaction that I really sought inner, inside, right? And, and even... You know, and getting through prep and the challenges I had there, I had an encounter with Christ as a sophomore and again as a junior that really changed me and allowed me to do better and reach my full potential at prep, right, to to graduate and move forward to college and everything. But um, it really was um, a transformative experience. But then, you know, going to college and being a young adult, you still look outwardly for that, that validation. You still look outwardly for, for the healing that you feel. Um, you, you, you seek right in life and and you know like you know when Kevin Durant said I, you know, I won these championships in Golden State and wasn't satisfied I, I related to that because I was like man I won <laughs> I got 69% of the vote over I was a rising junior and there's a rising senior who ran who was more well known before the campaign started who was who was uh, more experienced in student government than I was more connected with the, the leadership of the campus and of the school administration etc and I came out of nowhere and, and, and won overwhelmingly. And I said, okay, great. This is, you know, I'm 19 years old. I led this protest. We're going to get, we ended up getting, doing some more work behind the scenes that had to happen, but it happened. And we got funding, we got staff, we got spaces. A lot of things are still on this campus to this, to this, to this day, 20 years later that we fought for. I'm very proud of that st stuff. Um, a lot of students, it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me. Um, a lot of wonderful young people were with me and put up with a lot of my crap, to be honest, <laughs> because they saw the vision and, and believed enough in me, and we believed enough and loved each other enough and loved our, our school and our community enough to try to make it better, and we did. Um, so if any of you guys are listening, thank you for that. It was um, you know, definitely a transformative experience for me, but not what I truly saw. And really, the, the, what I truly saw is something that really, the kind of peace that only God can really provide, right? And so you, you look outwardly for it and, and, and don't have it. But really, once I had achieved those things heading into my junior year, I kind of had achieved what I had, had wanted. And I you know, actively began looking at, you know, business and entrepreneurship and really thought um, I was kind of on a, 
I guess, a yellow brick road path to success as the world defines it, right? Which would be some seven or eight figure financial <laughs> success in some ongoing fashion. So, you know, started pursuing a variety of business ventures and there's been so many, and some of them I've, I've forgotten. And there's people who have now since that I've worked with who have passed away and, and I've you know been in some very interesting rooms and presented to some pretty interesting people, some well-known people, people you wouldn't expect that I would have gotten in front of, I've gotten in front of. Um, and it's just been an amazing journey um, to live um, the life that God's blessed me with. And but I look back at those 20 years and it's really feeling like I had a responsibility um, to carry forward my uncle Reginald F. Lewis's legacy, right? And I was grown, raised as a, as a black American here in the United States, really being a fifth generation entrepreneur, being a fourth generation. I think five of my eight great grandparents had the equivalent of a college degree, really in a culture of success and achievement, right? And therefore, the ultimate um, example of success and achievement to in my family and to many other black Americans who know my uncle's story is my uncle, right? Reginald F. Lewis. You can go to reginaldflewis.com and, and read more about him. There's a 26-minute documentary that aired on PBS a year and a half ago. Check that out. Um, it gives you a nice summary. You can read his book, et cetera. Um, but I really felt a responsibility to that. And, and I really was focused on that mission, right? But the mission, you know, really served a few purposes, at least and for me, it, it, it really went back to his death and his passing. And, I, you know, being at my family reunion a few weeks ago, you know, again, think about the trauma and how that's impacted each of us, right, um, in my family and what's resulted from that. And, of course, when someone who's a husband and a father and an uncle and a wife, excuse me, husband, <laughs> father, uncle, um, cousin, brother, son passes away prematurely in any circumstance is trauma. And so, you know, how, understanding that as you get older and seeing it and then looking at how it impacted you and understanding that my parents divorced very young and really feeling like, you know, I had, even though my parents divorced when I was young, I had a great um, family life, right? Every other weekend I would go to Baltimore to be with my family from Silver Spring, Maryland. And um, had a great family life with my, my mother's family, although significantly smaller, um, but equally as valuable in many ways. Um, you know, two sets of grandparents who were each married over 60 years um, and having that as a wonderful example, even in spite of my, my parents' marriage not, not working out. Um, but then at age 13, eighth grade, you know, getting ready to head into to prep, you know, my uncle passing away and then my father taking over the business. I'm you know, going to be in New York. There'll still be a family connection there. And then at the last minute, he had to go to Paris to, to run the business. And literally, I think a week or so before I started prep, and that was you know, very devastating to me. And I think I always carried some baggage of think, feeling like if I could just achieve and, and kind of take a baton, right? I feel like, you know, you always hear stories, at least I feel like, of, of business people in America, whether it's our current president um, or other people who have some, in some way or another um, taken a baton from the previous generation. And, you, you know, are kind of raised and get the sense that this disproportionately happens in other communities, but doesn't really happen as much in the black community. And seeing, you know, in terms of my interest as a business person, that the natural thing to do was to take that baton, that it was there to be taken to go forward um, and to create wealth and to be able to give generously 
and to create opportunity for other people. And, you know, those passions are still very much real to me. But what I think I've, uh, I've come to learn in recent weeks and a lot of prayer. And um, I, I did a great program, which I'm going to share with you in a minute, that a, a great online, you know, freebie, freebie training that was really helpful kind of as I took some time to kind of have a retreat and get away um, with my, myself and, my, and, and, and God and really pray and reflect and then listen. Um, really understanding how some of those connections and some of that desire was really unhealthy. And I was just in to- totally too mission focused and not God focused enough. Right. Um, so, you know, really you know, focusing so much on doing deals. Right. And there's been so many deals and so many transactions and possibilities. Um, and I've, I've personally had millions of dollars of assets under contract, couldn't get the deal done, wasn't a good deal to be done. I don't think anybody's done it <laughs> in the year and a half since I had it under contract. So, you know, God kind of got me in some interesting situations where, man, I've been able to learn so much. And I, I don't, I'm not going to name drop, so be in rooms, you know, doing, you know, working business deals very fast, managing legal accounting and the various aspects. And you know, I think I've managed those things successfully, just never had everything come together. And it's extremely hard when you're talking about you know, millions of dollars and some cases, few cases, people, you know, there were people who were employed, the businesses I was looking at acquiring, et cetera. Um, it was very difficult. It was very difficult to pull it all together, um, especially coming from an untraditional background. I didn't, I didn't get an MBA. I didn't work on Wall Street, right? I'm not, I've never been at an investment bank or private equity firm, right? Um, but I, I had a roadmap and, 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 you know, some rela- great relationships from going to great schools um, and, and just was working to try to leverage it um, as best I could. So I want to just get get back to this idea, really, of, you know, feeling like I had to take the baton and, and really wanting to kind of put things back together. Right? I think deep down inside, there was still like in some sense a 12, that 12 13 year old boy that was at my uncle's funeral um, and, and the 14 year old young man, young boy who went to off to a very different place, not far down the road, but very different school environment, certainly for high school who deeply wanted to put the, the things you know, back together, you know, having understood and the pain um, and the change of the dynamic in my family, right? Um, as it related to me, at least, that I saw after my uncle passed, like, you know, wanting to put that back together, wanting to bring about a healing, right? By manifesting things in business, similar to how my uncle, um, you know, kind of putting things back how it's supposed to be, right? Like, you know, we're supposed to be on top. My family's supposed to be on top. <laughs> you know, we're supposed to be successful. You know, we're feeding in, you know, to this, you know, idea of, um, that's, I think, very worldly of being, um, you know, better or being able to be the generous, benevolent giver, right? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not going to get too deep into whether that's good or bad, but I think it's definitely a, a mentality, a thought process that I'm still probably working through unpacking, really trying to, um, trying to understand. But so anyway, I really wasn't interested in, in, in building a business, so per se, right? I mean... My uncle's philosophy coming out of Harvard Law School was mergers and acquisitions, right? That's the most efficient way. So this is not to say I still might not do a deal at some point or there's still not a deal out there to be made. I still very much would like to do one. 
but you know, driving myself and my finances and my business almost into the ground in an attempt to try to you know, make the moon, hit the moon shot, so to speak, um, was, was not the path. And so really having to untether myself. So I did this wonderful training um, of Christian-driven uh, entrepreneurs. as a podcast, Shea Bynes. Um, they're an organization, KDE, Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs. You can check them out online. And they have a training called Firestarter School. And you can pay whatever you want to take it. So I think they said most people pay like 35 bucks. I paid 40. Went ahead and did it. And I think on her podcast, she said somebody paid a penny. And somebody's paid, I think, as much as $500. So I paid. And I over five days, I did all 14. It's like, it's like you know, 10 to 20-minute audio sessions. And then there's a prayer reflection exercise to do at the end. So I did it all within five days. And it was very helpful. And that's where I really came to understand my business posture with God. And where I was wrong. And again, I was really being a very mission focused um, entrepreneur and business person. Right. And, and then understanding why that was my mission. How did that come to be? What attitudes and, and thoughts in my mind um, have really you know, taken root more deeply than the roots of pursuing Christ. Right. And understanding those values in business and how to really apply them. You know, and so, you know, again, taking a job and having to go through all this, I'm like, wait, God, I'm the guy that wrote the book, Patience, Perseverance, and Prayer. Like, really, like, this is, you know, <laughs> like, but man, that just shows you, you know, how there's still so much room to grow. So maybe the next book will be a lot deeper than than the devotional I wrote. <laughs> but um, so really, you know, coming to um, to understand that and understand that, you know, it was, it was time for a shift after, you know, spending you know probably most of my adult life in many ways kind of feeling like in a wilderness season over the last nine years and you know having business partners and come and go deals come and go um you know really you know kind of really pushing and working and hustling right and that's one thing that katie talks about i think she has a book called grace over grind which talks about how to rest in god's presence and god's power to achieve what god's giving you to achieve in business um, that's not for us to do it by ourselves and of our own might and will, right? And, and the best example I have of why that's faulty is because that's what my uncle did, and he was dead at 50 years old. And I've thought about that very deeply. And, you know, my uncle, I probably saw him maybe a couple times a year. I don't really have people ask me so often when I speak of him or, you know, people introduce me and refer to me as Reginald Lewis's nephew, I'm going to tell that story. And most people my age and younger don't know who my uncle is, which always, when people want to introduce me that way and then they don't know who it is, I actually find it amusing at this point in my life. I'm like, okay, like, you know, um, I guess they're still impressed by it. And I get it, and it's humbling. Um, but, you know, at this point, I'm like, man, I'm just Russell. <laughs> you know, don't mind me. I'm, I'm just over here trying to be a husband and a father, <laughs> you know, and, and, and be a blessing to whoever I come in contact with. Um, but I, I get it. I understand the value of it, but as I've gotten older, it hasn't meant as, as much, but, um, and I only had a few really interactions with him. And I, so I think about that very greatly when I interact with my 13 nieces and nephews and my two children, like, man, like if I'm, if I you know, only got 10 more years or 10 more minutes, you know, what are they going to remember of me? What are they going to have? And, and so I understand, you know, he, he was focused on achieving something he was focused on proving something he was focused on proving people wrong and you know as a result of that there's been a lot of blessings but i know as a result of that there's also been a lot of pain and sorrow and and that's just tough and so do i want to repeat that and the answer is no i don't want to repeat that so i say okay god what's the plan what's the roadmap 
And, you know, we know God's thoughts are higher than, our, higher than ours and more elaborate than ours. And so we can't, you know, I can't perceive and understand, you know, what God has in mind and where he might take me. But man, like I've, I know I've developed a hell of a skill set in the wilderness season these last nine years in particular. I mean, like I said, I've, I've man, <laughs> I'm still good. It's going to take me some time to probably have some time to process it and unpack it while not really being in it as, as intimately and as daily as I have been to really unpack it and the, the thousands of emails and all the legal agreements and documents and meetings and traveling and you know, stuff that I've, I've done and attempted to do truly understand it and process, you know, what God is doing. But, you know, so there's, you know, again, the kingdom driven entrepreneurs, I highly recommend it. Um, but I, I think the bottom line is I've been carrying my uncle's legacy on my back and it wasn't for me to carry. Simple it wasn't for me to carry. It wasn't my responsibility to make anything right, to fix something that could never really be fixed. Right. Unless God, you know, can fix it. And, and usually for God to fix things, we're talking about fixing people and God has to do that. God has to touch a situation or a circumstance and, and me, you know, becoming rich or successful in a similar light or, or in a similar way by doing a deal wasn't going to do that. Right. Doesn't even make sense when I unpack it and think about it. Um, so it has to be a different path, a different way. And, you know, God has a separate and unique journey for me. And one of the hardest things I said when I first, you know, got the job and it, it all happened very fast and it's nothing but God. And maybe I'll tell that story in a tidbit in a future podcast because it came kind of out of nowhere to an extent. Um, but I wasn't very, you know, I wasn't very happy. It felt like a failure because this is not I didn't achieve the mission. Right. You know, not that the mission's over, so to speak, but I didn't achieve it, you know. And um I really had to, you know, pray on that and, and understand that, um, you know, the entrepreneurial journey is not over. And yes, there is a future for good word. And that's, I'm going to get to that in the next episode. But I really had to, to understand that there's a, a unique path. And I had to say, well, did I waste nine years? Did I waste the last 20 years when I had prayed so many times that God would order my steps? When I prayed so many times to God would open doors and shut doors and and bless me and, and allow me to be a blessing. And that truly has, throughout all this, has been my heart's desire is to, you know, I believe I have the ability to create wealth. I still believe I have that ability. Um, I believe I have the heart to give generously and to be a blessing and to create opportunities for others. And I'm still believe that and I'm still walking into that. Um, but really having to understand that the way that's going to happen for me is going to be, it's going to be different and I have to be yielded and, and, and have to you know, be able to clean out some of the junk from my youth that was getting in the way of God doing what he wants to do in my life and through my life, right? And, and that's, that's hard. That's painful. It's jarring. Um, so even in the midst of a blessing of, of, of a job, in the midst of a blessing of, of not only God saying, you know, there's a path for good word to go forward, but then giving me the vision and then having it be confirmed um, by people who I trust, who know me and know my heart, is like, okay, wow, okay, this could be interesting. Um, it's going to be good to get out of the bunker every day from behind my laptop many days spent by myself, maybe on the phone and an email with a lot of different people communicating, but really by myself. I'm looking forward to being in a part of a community. I'm looking forward to doing um, this kind of work, this very important work, especially in this season in our country and in our, in our world um, where, you know, just being able to help other people overcome our human weakness towards bias, <laughs> right? It's very simple. It's very fundamental. 
it's kind of hard to love someone you've already prejudged as, as less than you or as not as uh, acceptable as you'd have them be or not um, fitting your preferences. I mean, my, my church talks about one part of the culture of our church is, you know, uh, love beyond your preferences. Right. So really what my work is going to be doing is telling, helping people to love and serve in the workplace beyond their preferences. Right. To be able to see people um, as fiercely and wonderfully made as God made them and that someone that brings value to uh, their work environment. Right. And now how that can create more productive organizations that can create better products and services and create a better world. Right. So when you look at it that way, it's a very amazing opportunity to be in. And I'm just really, um, really grateful for it and, and for this this shift that I'm that I'm still you know processing. Um, so man, I almost want to repeat myself. But I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I'm still just mulling over. And um, I'm really looking forward to the next episode um, where, you know, I could talk about the meeting. So I think the fourth session of the Kingdom Driven Entrepreneurs Firestarter School was was to have a meeting with your chief anything officer. So that's where I sat down and said, all right, Lord, if good word's going to go on and be in its seventh year and go forward. And God gave, gave me a vision for Good Word a long time ago, said you're going to have a book of business. And I was kind of struggling with that. But would you only spend like a month or two on it here or there to pay the bills and you run off to try and chase the next deal? It's kind of hard to build a book when you're not focused on building anything <laughs> except trying to trying to do a deal and, and achieve the windfall. Right. Hit the home run. Right. Uh, hit the hole in one. Any other sports analogy that I probably want to use that all of you probably don't understand. But I'm looking forward to talking about the results of that meeting and what it means for um for good word um so i just want to thank you for listening i think i covered everything i really wanted to cover today i just pray that um what i share brings uh insight to who god is in your life and that my sharing is 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 of value to those who hear this now and in the future and i'm just excited for what god's doing and I'm excited for what God has done. And I do want to thank the people who stood with me um, in my education and my academic setting. Right. And even my time at George Washington University in six years there at the Multicultural Center. Right. So I'm really going back to doing this work um, that I've done and, and spent a lot of time in my first 30 years of my life, <laughs> you know, deeply invested in, in this work um, around diversity and around culture. And there's um, more stuff brewing with South Africa that I'll still be working on as a project uh, around uh, minority business incubators here in the States that I'm working on on the, on the ground floor. And those things will kind of be tethers to Good Word Digital in my spare time, as well as what we're going to be doing in business there, um, which, which I'll be working on the business in my spare time, but obviously will not be working so much in the business. Um, but I'm very excited again for this new season. And um, I'm, I'm believing it to be a season of prosperity and blessing and, and new revelation um, as to who God wants me to be and who God wants my children and my family to be. And so we're learning to live with open hands and, and be more focused on, on our giving, giving as a family. And that's actually we've seen that fruit bore out in our spirit and we've seen that fruit bore out actually in our finances, believe it or not. And we've stretched ourselves the last two or three months in our giving but it's been amazing that we've had we've actually had more provision <laughs> since we started doing that. And the whole thing around tithing at church has always been an um, impediment. And God believe, man, this is this is you telling me to share this. It's always been an impediment for me. I've always struggled with those lessons at church. I never really you know, 
understood. And I've had some experiences and been a part of some churches where um, things have happened with the leadership, um, ultimately, um, that have been distasteful at, at best and borderline, you know, scandalous and criminal, ac- criminal accusations of criminal activity at worst. Not even necessarily doing with the finances, but again, so when you give, you always worry about that. But I've had to really learn through prayer and through teaching that it's not about giving because m- men are going to make mistakes. Men are going to fail. But it's really about having an attitude of giving um, to God and having that spirit um, and really believing that God don't need our money to move in the earth and to use people and to, and to, and to do his work here and to meet the needs um, of the poor and of the sick, of the widow, of the orphan, right? Um, that's what we're supposed to do. But really understanding about it's about a, a lifestyle of living with your hands open. That God is the, is the source, not a job, not your business, not your income, but God is the source, right? So being able to embrace those things and all of this has been part of letting, putting the burden of mercy down and letting it have its own context, and its own life without me feeling like I had to add the next chapter, right? Um, to prove anything in terms of black American success, right? That's really what it come, came down to, I think, for me. And also to prove something to myself. So we'll see. We'll see what God has in store. I'm working for an amazing um, African-American entrepreneur, and we've already had some conversations, and she shared a lot with me. I was very humbled that she shared um, what she shared with me about her business and her ownership of the business. She just took full ownership a year ago, and um, that's in the press, so no, nothing nothing confidential there on that. Um, but just really proud um, to work for her and to learn from her. And there's a great team I've already had a chance to meet with. And um, never really a business environment quite like this where I'll get to see kind of some operations at scale, um, get to understand diversity and, and workplace culture um, at scale like this. It'll be a great learning experience for me. And I think that the, the, the deals and the businesses I've been a part of and seen and advise and Startups I continue to advise and um, we'll, we'll, this will just be a, n- a next learning chapter for me to to grow and um, we'll see where God takes it. But I thank you for listening um, to this edition of Leadership, Legacy and Love. Um, you can keep following me at Russell Fugit on Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook. And like I said, there'll be much more to come about what the future is for Good Word. And then I have a number of topics I think I want to get into. I might try to interview some folks before the year is out. But I'm definitely, now that some things are going to settle down, I'm going to get into some new routine. Looking forward to being able to be in this space. You know, thinking twice a month would be a good uh, number to hit. So, again, thank you for listening. I look forward to sharing uh, what I learned as I go forward. And I hope this has been a blessing to you. God bless you this and you, you need someone to pray for you. I love you. I'm here.